Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Well, welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Chris Vines. I am the student family pastor at Garrett Memorial Baptist Church in Hope, Arkansas. And tonight, I am blessed to have Brad Falk uh, having a conversation with me. Uh, He is a native of Lufkin, Texas. Uh, He is married to Heidi, and I believe they met in Jacksonville College in around 1993. And They will celebrate uh, 27 years of marriage and ministry together very soon. He has three daughters, Abby, uh, Audrey, and Sadie Grace. Uh, I think both two of those are still in the household, it looks like. And uh, he also is a church planner. Uh, 11 years ago, he and his family started the Summit Church uh, that is just right outside of Seattle. And they've been going for 11 years strong now as church planners for the Baptist Missionary Association of America. And so I'm thankful for Brad, thankful for his ministry. Uh, It's been a while since I've got to talk with him in uh, in detail. And so I'm excited for tonight, Brad, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks, man. <clears throat> it's a pleasure to chat with you, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Brad and I, we are zoom calling right now. Uh, so that means we're looking at each other, uh, but nobody else was going to be able to see our face. And that's a good thing. Uh, just to I've be honest. Big, on my I'm side. noticing I've got a big glare on my bald head right now. So that's, that's a good thing <laughs> that nobody can see that. Well, we might we might can work that in there. I don't know. We could I could get our first video podcast. So, Easy now. Yeah. Well, hey, Brad is going to be one of our main session speakers at this year's SOAR conference, which is happening in just three weeks, uh, July fifth, uh, or excuse me, July sixth through the eighth. My group is getting there there the fifth uh, <clears throat> down in Dallas, Texas, at the Hilton Anatole. Uh, super excited about those three days together, and uh, very excited to have Brad as one of our main speakers and the the gist of this year's SOAR conference is all about worship and uh, tonight uh, we're not going to get into all the details of, of Brad's session but we are going to touch on some things that um, that we will be dealing with at the the SOAR conference that we'll be presenting to teenagers and uh, one of those things is just how our vertical relationship with God should affect in a positive way our horizontal relationships uh, that we have with other people. And, and that's going to be the, the basis of our conversation here tonight. You know, one thing that Jesus said when uh, someone asked him one time about uh, what is the greatest commandment, he said, love God with all of your heart um, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so uh, there's this, there's this dynamic that goes into play that whenever we are loving God and worshiping him correctly, then loving our neighbor is a direct result of that, I believe. Uh, and so we're going to be getting in that tonight uh, as we just dive into this. And so, Brad, one of the things that we normally do when we start our podcast is just kind of one of those silly questions, man. You know, 
Um, and so mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you one. All right. I haven't prepped you for this. I'm going to throw you just a curveball here. What is one of the most um, interesting or gross or just, you know, off the wall, you know, habits that you have? Mm. Just one? I mean, you can go for five or six (laughs) if you want. Oh, wow. Man, that's a good one. Throw you a curveball. Mm, that's a curveball, man. That's hey, so a curveball. As, as you think, let me let me throw you one for me, okay? All right, I'm okay. going to tell you mine. Um, I I have I have a problem. My wife will tell me tell me this or tell mm. other people this. I've been using the same toothpick for about eight months. That's gross, man. Yeah. That's uh, just gross. Yeah, I keep it in my truck. I wipe it off every time. But yeah, I use the same toothpick. It was so okay. Okay. So I see where we're going with this. So so mine's kind of the opposite. I'm like a germaphobe. Are you really? So I'll, I'll probably I'll <laughs> listen, I'll probably wash my hands 20 times a day. <laughs> so you will never see me using a toothpick for seven years or however long you've had your toothpick. <laughs> oh man i mean all right so here's the thing though i mean that's that's good to know so i mean are we good to continue this uh this conversation yeah, or am yeah, i too yeah. am i too gross it's a good thing no, we're on good. zoom that's good. i'm a little okay. grossed out but we're good sorry yeah you know i probably shouldn't have revealed that but i did i revealed mm-hmm. that you know now it's not one of those things like I, I don't i don't like carry it in my mouth um all day long or anything. It's hey, just if you like, carry it in your mouth, you carry it in your mouth. It, it's okay. I don't. You don't have I to don't. hide anything. Just, I carry it. Look, I carry it. I've got a little spot up there in my, uh, in between my headliner and some plastic in my truck. And that's where I keep it. <laughs> just put it right there. And then when I need it, wow. I just pull it out, go to work. It's handy. Yeah, it's man. handy. Put it right back where it goes. It was a good toothpick. Uh, I'm proud of that toothpick. I don't want to lose it. In fact, uh, in fact, I just got a new truck and my, my son asked me, he's like, Dad, you gonna take your toothpick with you? And I was like, "Yes, I am." The thing doesn't go with the sale of the the old car. So, anyway, man, let's let's get into the subject. Let's get into the subject matter tonight. Okay, um, let's let's start with just our our vertical relationship with with God, uh, which is yeah. a big general uh, you know idea. There's a lot of things that we can talk about there, but but. As a as a church planner, I mean, you've been at it for eleven years now, Brad, um, and and you've been in ministry longer than that. I think you were a student pastor for seventeen years before church planning. Um, yeah. So just tell us, you know, you've been in ministry now for uh, almost thirty years. How important is our vertical relationship, our relationship with God, when it comes to doing ministry? Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know. Um, Ministry has got to be an overflow of what's already going on on the inside if it's going to be effective. And, you know, unfortunately, in my own personal life, you know, there's been many times where ministry is just something I'm doing because I'm supposed to do it. You know, I know you've probably never done that. Um, And and when it's not an overflow, man, it's tiring. Um, It's burdensome and it's not effective. I mean, it's just not effective, you know, like just, uh, 
kind of like a hamster on a little wheel, you know, not going anywhere, but burning a lot of energy. So I've been on that side of it, but thankfully I've experienced the other side too, where, um, you know, just soaking up, um, just the power of God and watching him work through you and wow, he's just so much better at it than I am. And so it's really neat when you see how that relationship, man, when we take care of our personal intimate relationship with God, um, the overflow of that is, um, wow, we're just way, we're way more effective at reaching people, at loving people, serving people. Hey, being patient with the McDonald's drive through guy who just messed up your order for the fifth time, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's yeah. good. Right before we started this interview, folks, uh, I sat in the McDonald's drive-thru for 30 minutes just to wait for a cup of coffee. Um, that's crazy. That's crazier than using a toothpick for eight months. So, mm-hmm. hey, Brad, you know, so personal question on this, you know, what what stirs your affections for Christ? Uh, you know, so, for example, some people really love early mornings with a good cup of coffee, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and maybe it's a certain place uh, that you like to go that over and over kind of thing. I mean, so what just you personally, when you when you meet mm-hmm. with when you meet with Christ, um, <coughs> What, what stirs yeah. your affections? What what advice would you even give to somebody who maybe doesn't understand that idea of enjoying sure, that sure. time? Absolutely. Well, you know, I love the outdoors and uh, I love to hunt. I uh, love to just get out in the woods. Um, you know, I'm as, let me just kind of be transparent here. I'm as ADHD as it gets. Okay. You know, I was that kid in school that uh, just, you know, had no hope. Um But, um, you know, if I don't get in a place where it's distraction free, I mean, I'm just not going to, it's just not going to happen. You know, I've got too many squirrel moments, you know. Um, But for me, it's um, not necessarily a time of day, even though I think the mornings uh, give at least a a better opportunity for that distraction free. but uh, yeah, just a time and a place where I can get away and uh, and just get quiet in the presence of the Lord, you know. And it doesn't happen as near often as it should. But man, um, yeah, the distraction-free zone, wherever that might be, if that's in the mountains or if that's on my back patio, um, you know, as long as it's distraction-free, you know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's that's kind of it for me. Yeah, no, that's good. What do you think? What do you think is? Um, you know, talking about this again, this this vertical relationship. I mean, our relationship with Christ. Um, why do you think sometimes it does become burdensome? Why Why do you think sometimes we get into those movements? And, and I know we're being very transparent right now, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's important because I think there's people out there listening that would admit, along with you and me, that there's yeah. times where, you know, what I don't I don't feel as close to Christ uh, mm-hmm. as as I, I would like. Um, and and sometimes we've even hit into those moments where where we have drifted into just this ministry mode. Um, yeah. and, and I'm also yeah. thinking just in terms of, man, we can, we just came out of a long or we're coming out of a long season of just difficulty where, mm-hmm. um, where we've been doing maybe a lot of different kinds of ministry or ministry just halted. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what, what do you think are some reasons why we would, we would tend to drift? Yeah. Well, you know, I think the biblical principle seems counterintuitive. Um, David said, be still and know that I'm God. Um, I know, at least in my human nature, when I'm still, I feel like I'm accomplishing very little. 
you know, I need to be going, I need to be doing, because the more I'm doing, surely the more I'm accomplishing. But we know that's just not true. And uh, just being still in the presence of God is where the battles are won, you know, it's where, um, so, you know, to me, one of the greatest examples in the Bible, you know, is when Moses um, with the children of Israel, you know, just got uh, released from Pharaoh. He changed his mind and here they've got a giant Red Sea right in front of them and a giant mad army right behind them. And they're in a pickle. And what do the people do? They're like, man, what did you do to us, Moses? You know, you brought us out of here to die, yada, 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 complain, complain, complain. And what, is, what does Moses tell them? He says, you need only to be still. Those, that army, the enemy that you see coming after you, you're never going to see him again. You only need to be still and watch what God does. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think just for me, that's a beautiful picture of just ministry because we've got that big red sea in front of us a lot of times. And we've got that enemy behind us and all kinds of obstacles. And um, it's easy to want to swim that ocean. It's easy to want to turn and, um, run from that army and or or just to be busy doing 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 when in reality our greatest victories are often won by simply being still in the presence of god and watching him do his best work yeah but it's kind of counterintuitive you know it just um it's hard to do you know it's hard to be still it's hard to stop yeah and uh but there's an art there's a there's a, there's an art in stopping and in, in, in being still, you know, and yeah. it's an art that I have not mastered. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good, man. You know, we, as a, as a church and as a pastoral staff, we've been preaching through first Samuel and uh, we started it a few weeks ago and we just got through what's considered the art narrative It's chapters four through seven. And what's very apparent is what you're talking about right here. Um, Israel, was really good at, uh, at, you know, going into battle, so to speak, on their own. I mean, they would, they would just pick it up and they would go and they wouldn't consult the Lord. And then, you know, that whole ark narrative is when they decided the, they're going to pick up the ark and kind of treat it like a good luck charm, make it go in front of them, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Never consulting the uh, God and asking him what they would have him do or anything like that. And of course, Fast forward to where they they finally start to get it, which is almost 20 years later. Uh, They come to Samuel and Samuel says, hey, if you're really turning back to the Lord, you got to put your idols away because they were still holding on with one hand to all the common idols that were, you know, just in their uh, just in their culture at the time. And and they did that. They, They turned from their idols. And what happened is now God is the one who fights for them. You know, in other words, they didn't have to do anything. And yeah. and it's so hard. I mean, you see that as especially as readers of scripture, we see that you're like, man, why don't they just get it? You know, why don't they just realize, man, God's wanting to fight for them. Um, yeah. But then you see the cycle continue, like a gener- a new generation comes and they think that they can do it themselves. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus says something. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question here. Jesus says something in John 15. He talked talking to his disciples, and he's he's using that example of a grapevine. He says, "I'm the vine, you're the branches." And he comes to that point where he says, "You know, apart from me, you can do nothing." Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, from from a ministry standpoint, you know, again, someone who's who's been in it almost thirty years, youth ministry, uh, and now church planning. How how much have you seen that proven over and over that apart from Christ? 
yeah. we can do nothing. Well, man, I've fallen flat on my face enough to know that's so true. Um, and I've watched God do some pretty amazing things. So I've seen both sides of that. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just a branch. <laughs> He's the vine. I like to say, you know, if I don't have the sap running through me, the supernaturally acquired <laughs> power, that's my cheesy line of the day. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to, you know, wither and be fruitless. Um, mm -hmm. A branch cannot produce anything. It can only connect to the vine, the source of the fruit. And um, so, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That is right where it's at, man. John 15. That's it, man. Yeah. That's good. So, you know, let's let's talk about that for a minute. Just camp out there because, you know, you bring up a good point. Just that's where the fruit is. And mm -hmm. I think we would admit that in ministry, we can go through these dry spells, but we can mm -hmm. also in those dry spells, you know, I think a lot of us have, have learned um, a I'm going I'm to use the word sinful. It's a sinful art of <laughs> um, of showing like we have fruit. In other words, we can we can yeah. produce a certain fruit that other people see and say, oh man, they're, they're doing a good job there. But mm -hmm. if we follow that, if we follow that passage to the end, what Jesus is talking about there, he says the the fruit that is produced as we abide in him is the fruit yeah. that glorifies the father. In other words, it's the Absolutely. fruit that lasts at worth, that's worth something. So mm -hmm. let, let's, let's think about that in terms of um, our, our horizontal relationships now, you know, yeah. as, we, as we abide <laughs> in him, um, how do we how do we see that uh, begin to affect our uh, our relationships? And, and let's think, you know, yeah. kind of in broad terms, our, our family, our faith family, our church, and then mm -hmm. even even our, our close friends. How do we see yeah. that affect us? Sure. You know, I think it was Bruce Wilkinson that said in his uh, little book, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was uh, Secrets of the Vine or something. Mm -hmm. He said that a vineyard will always favor more growth over more grapes. Mm. And um, he says for a, a guy to really get the grapes to come, is a whole lot of pruning that's got to happen, you know, a whole lot of things because left to itself, it will, it will produce more growth of leaves over more grapes. And I think sometimes our life can look like that, you know, wow, man, they must be really accomplishing a lot. Like how busy they are, you know, look at what all they're involved in. And yet deep down, when you look real close, there's no real fruit. And, you know, in the fruits of the spirit, that love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, you know, self-control, meekness, all that good stuff. You know, if that's not growing off the limbs of our life, then that doesn't just affect me. It affects the people that I come in contact with. Mm. You know, if I say that God is gentle, but I'm not gentle and I'm mm. supposed to be representing him, then that's a problem to a lost world who's investigating this so-called God who's supposedly real and loving and kind and forgiving, you know? Yeah. So um, if I can't forgive, but I'm telling you about a God who forgives, you know, there's a disconnect there. So yeah, it affects, I mean, I, this, this, personal vertical relationship with God, um, it affects our horizontal relationships uh, from on every angle, whether it's at church, whether it's in our family, whether it's across the street with our neighbors. Um, and it's, you know, as Galatians said, it's fruits of spirit. You know, Paul said, it is the fruits of the spirit. I, it ain't the fruit of bread. I can't do it. If I'm not connected, if I'm not soaking up the power of God by sitting in his presence, by pausing, 
as I think is uh, the theme of sort, you know, um, then it's just going to be me trying to produce a lot of fruit that I can't produce to begin with. Yeah. You know, instead yeah. of allowing him to do it through me. So that's right. Yeah, man. That's so good. That's so good. You know, and, and it's like when we talk about the fruit of the spirit, um, if we're not careful, we, we, we tend to fall into this trap of thinking that, okay, we need, we need more of fill in the blank. One of the fruit of the spirit, you know, we need more mm-hmm. love, that kind of thing. Um, and I used to do this all the time. And, and then the Lord just graciously showed me through some mentorship and just, you know, through his word that, no, look, Chris, like you can't, you can't grow in these things because they're not yours to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they belong to the spirit. And we believe that the spirit indwells believers. And so yeah. it, it comes back to this matter of abiding in Christ. Of mm-hmm. You know what? I can't, he can. And Paul said it himself, this life that I now live, I live by faith in the son of God who yeah. gave his life for me. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah. And I mean, I love how you said that, you know, if, if we, if we say that we, we, uh, believe in a gentle Lord, uh, a compassionate Savior, but yet we don't show compassion. We don't show gentleness to others. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have to we have to you know face a uh, a hard question of okay, yeah. am I really am I do I really have the Spirit within me, uh, or yeah. am I just allowing my my flesh to uh, shine through and not allowing Him to to live His life through me? So absolutely, absolutely yeah. man, that's good. That's good. That's well, man, hey, so tell us this. You know, again, you, we've got a, we've got listeners who are, um, you know, most of them are in uh, in ministry, uh, doing student ministry, or they're in some kind of, uh, you know, associate role like that. Um, and, and you've been there before. I mean, you were there for a long time. You know, um, talk to them for a minute. Tell them, you know, I, I want to know. You know, uh, you, you were seventeen years in student ministry. Um, what advice would you give? What, uh, you know, this, you know, from a personal standpoint, from a ministry standpoint, uh, what would you say to somebody who maybe has just started out there? They're on their second, third year, you know, in ministry. Um, yeah. What would you say to them? Well, you know, um, I definitely don't have all the wisdom in the world for, to be an effective youth pastor. But what we're just talking about right here, um, to me, you know, if we can get really good at, living out John 15, you know, what kids want is what's real. And I think it was, it's easy in youth ministry, at least it was for me to assume that, um, you know, kids need to be um, impressed by the bells and whistles that I bring by the, you know, the, the bigger the event, the better or whatever. And, and God taught me a long time ago that, you know, man, Brad, kids just, they want loved they want really loved. They want truth. Don't water it down. Don't beat around the bush. They want real truth. Mm-hmm. And if you love them and give them truth, they will come back time and time again. And I saw that to be true so many times. You know, mm-hmm. there were times where I felt like, man, I really knocked that one out of the park, whether it was um, an event that I did or something, you know, I put all this time into it. And I asked the kids, what y'all think? They'd be like, eh, you know. <laughs> And I'm like, eh, do you yeah. know what I just did for the last three months? Getting ready for this? But, but, uh, I, here's a good example. So one time we did this weekend event and, uh, 
I had all these plans. You know, we're going putt-putting over here. We're going bowling over here. We're going we're gonna to stop by the hospital in between putt-putting and bowling. And I had these little baggies that were going to go up to some rooms. I said, look, just go find some rooms. That door's open. I said, hey, can I come in? You don't know who's in there. Take them a bag. It's got a gospel track. It's got some gifts in there, some food, mm. whatever. And say, hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? I said, just see what God does. And uh, so we did this. I'm like, all right, y'all got 30 minutes. Go. I'll meet you down the lobby. So 45 minutes goes by, and I'm in the lobby, and there ain't nobody there. And I'm thinking, man, we got plans, people. You know, I got we got bowling to get to. Let's go. You know, I'm texting them and all that. And I learned that weekend that, you know, you cannot um, you cannot impress kids. You can't uh, entertain kids enough. You can't, you know, you can try to offer everything out there. But what impresses kids is doing what nobody else is doing for them. Nobody else is offering this to them. And that is opportunities to love God through loving people. And when you give kids that opportunity, whether it's at a hospital or whether it's at the mall or the neighbor across the street raking their leaves, I found that in those moments, man, those were the knock you out of the park moments mm. to the kids, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so God had to teach me a few things the hard way. Yeah. That's good, man. That's really good. Hey, so uh, two things. First off, uh, I can't believe you just let your youth group run through a hotel uh, to it through a hospital uh, for thirty I minutes know. straight. That's that's crazy. That's crazy cool. Um, I hope you got all of them back. <laughs> You'd be surprised at things I did. I can't believe now yeah. that I didn't get fired for. I think, man, I'd never let my youth pastor yeah. that I got to Yeah. And the second thing is, man, I, I relate so much. I mean, we like, you know, we get to that point where like, okay, we got all these plans and. You got that. You got that scheduled, uh, serious time. You know, go hand out the stuff, pray with people, and then and then when it comes to a point where we're like, God, you guys got to stop praying. We got to go start having fun again. You know, all this kind of thing. I mean, we we we're so quick to do that kind of thing, man. That's yeah. so good. Hey, so um, I, I like to ask this question because I'm a reader. I like to read, um, and I'm sure that over your course of ministry, you've read several. Uh, different types of books. Um, so if you could, if you could hone it into, um, you know, a, a youth ministry book, and then I'm going to ask you a church planner book. Okay. So what two, what two books would you uh, recommend? And and that, that may not even be fair because you may say, no, I'm not going to go with either one of those. I've got another book in mind and I'm going to say this. Yeah. I'm cool with that. You know, what, what two books would you recommend uh, a younger youth pastor, a younger pastor, to read. Yeah. Well, I've been out of student ministry for so long. I just, man, it's all kind of a blur, honestly. Um, oh goodness. I've got a book on the top of my head. But if I think about it in a minute, I'll mention it. So let me just jump to church planting. You know, I read a lot of church planting books, a lot of good books, a lot of Ed Stetzer, a lot of stuff that Larry, uh, in the missions department gave us in preparation. And there's a lot of really good material out there. <clears throat> but what I found was when I got up here and started this, that, uh, there was a pretty big disconnect in how we were starting what we were doing compared to the guys that wrote this book. You know, like we didn't show up with uh, 300 people to start with, you know, like somebody that wrote a book might have uh, started with. And it didn't mean that nothing in their book was relevant and useful. It was, you know, there were so many uh, good, useful books that we were given. But um, 
I think we just kind of had to learn by falling on our face a little bit. I keep coming back yeah. to fall on, on my face, right? I, I fall on my face <laughs> a lot. Uh, um, to learn that, you know what, maybe because that was their way network for them, it might not be quite what God has for us here. But books like uh, Wayne Tadero's Divine Mentor and um, Leading on Empty, which I think he wrote as well. And um, I, I don't know, I can't think of all the books, but books that bring you back to that personal, intimate relationship with God, because you know what, it all comes down to it, whether you're church planning or youth pastoring or whatever, if there's not an overflow of God doing it, then burnout is just going to happen. Yeah. And um, frustration is going to happen. You know, we've, we've all been there. And so, you know, um, obviously, you know, bringing people back to the word of God, it's alive and well, it is sufficient. Um, and that's one thing that God continues to, continues to teach my wife and I. In fact, right now, she's just been such a great example to me. Um, and just, you know, there'll be days where, I'm flying by the seat of my pants. She's like, Hey, Hey, stop with me real quick. Let's read together. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, let's do it. You know, yeah. but if it wasn't for her, I might not have stopped. Yeah. And, um, and just how God's word. I mean, it's, it sounds a little Sunday schoolish, you know, you want all these, there's amazing books out there, but mm-hmm. God's word is so alive and it's so relevant uh, to, to our situation, whether a youth pastor or a church planner or what, and, and it feeds us, you know, and it gives us the strength to move on and the clarity to make the right decisions and all this stuff. It's amazing how God has used his word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I haven't read as many books as I should have. There's a lot of really good books out there. Um, but uh, thankful for the missions department preparing us before we moved up here with a lot of really good books. Yeah. Um, I just can't think of a lot of them right now. But uh, okay. in fact, the Stetzer one, see, what was the Stetzer one that Larry gave me right off the bat? Uh, Breaking the Missional Code. <laughs> that mm. was it. I don't know if you read that one, but yeah. uh, that was the first church planning book that I read. And it was really good. It was uh, uh, very insightful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, youth pastor books, man, I just can't think. Dude, uh, that's okay. I just that's, okay. Old. that's okay, man. Like I said, there's a, you know, when you were in youth ministry, that was. Oh, I got one. Hold on. Okay, hold on. go for one. it. I got I got yep. one. I got Okay, I'm not saying I can remember, but you guys can look it up. So um, the youth pastor at, um, oh, the big church in California. Saddleback, Doug Fields. Saddleback youth pastor. What's his name? Doug Fields. 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 Okay, so so one book that I thought was really helpful was a book that he wrote because it had a lot of just practical youth ministry stuff throughout it. You you might know the Mm -hmm. book that I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, was it purpose-driven youth ministry? Maybe it was. Maybe yeah. that was it. You know, and it wasn't anything just mind-blowing. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's life-changing, but to me, there was so much stuff in there that was just practical stuff. Yeah. Simple practical stuff that worked. Yeah. And and we used that book, I think, a lot back in the day. But that's been a long time ago. There's probably yeah. a gazillion yeah. books out there now. I know. I think I, if it, if it's purpose-driven youth ministry, that's a. I think that's a great book to read. Um, even if even if you're not uh you know a fan of of uh, Saddleback or Doug Fields, I mean, because yeah. like you said, it's such a practical book. It's it's really more of a field guide. Um, yeah, that's a good else. word. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, no, that's a great book to mention, man. And so um, I think it's worth reading. I remember reading it early in in student ministry, just because I was like, man, mm-hmm. I'm coming in with a blank slate and I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. um, you know. And so 
I need all the help I can get. And so that's good to, to read those kind of books. He also had one called uh, Your First Two Years in Ministry, in Student mm-hmm. Ministry. And, you know, in that he emphasized uh, uh, relationships uh, yeah. a lot, you know, building mm-hmm. good relationships. And, um, and so inviting people into your home and that kind of thing. And so I thought that was, I thought that was really good. So yeah. Brett, I, I could, I could keep talking all night long. All right. Um, but uh, we do have to come to a close. I, I want us yeah. to, I want us to just kind of finish with, um, with just the, uh, a general, general thought about this year's SOAR conference, mm-hmm. you know, like you've already mentioned and like we've talked about before on this podcast, you know, this year's SOAR theme is pause uh, because we want to take a, a long clear look at who God is and what he has said about how we are to worship him. And then of course, yeah. how, how that correct wor- way of worshiping affects our, our relationships with, with others um, as we go yeah. back home and we live this, these lives, you know? And so one of the, one of the key verses uh, that's just kind of driving my idea with, with this is, mm-hmm. is Psalm 46, where he says, be still and know that, I am God. And you've already talked yeah. a little bit about the importance of just being still. Um, and so my, my question to you is, you know, as we, as we think about who God is, we think about his holiness, we think about all of his attributes, you know, um, and, and of course we consider, you know, what he has said in his word uh, about, mm-hmm. about who he is and, and how to worship him. Um, yeah. What what would you say to our audience when it comes to uh, to being still? How would you how would you maybe coach them through? Uh, you know what, man, I've been going, going, going for a year and a half now. We've made it through COVID, and we're still going, going, going. You know what kind of advice would you give to them about? Okay, hey, look, guys, you know here's what God's word says. It says to be still and to consider who God is. Um, how would you coach them through that? Maybe on a how to, um, what to consider. Um, where to go in God's word? Um, what would you say to them? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, you know, when I think of that verse, be still and know that I'm God, um, I think maybe more accurately uh, is interpreted, be still and watch me be God. Um, and I just, you know, God speaks to me uh, with just the simple, hey, Brad, I just need you to get out of the way sometimes, you know. <laughs> And uh, when Brad gets out of the way and when I spend time in the presence of God in his word and in prayer, it's amazing how God, um, you know, just kind of uh, shows up and, and makes the, the decision clear or the pathway clear um, and even steps in and, and makes it happen, you know, brings the, the supernatural power to actually make it happen. Um, it's, it's humbling, you know, when I realize, you know what, in reality, God really doesn't need me. I just need to get out of the way more often than not, you know, but, uh, but at SOAR, um, I know that the message that I've been asked to bring is focusing more on the, uh, the horizontal, um, effect of that and loving people. And, um, and I, so I'm going to be using the, you know, the greatest commandment, as you uh, mentioned earlier, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment is, I'll be focusing on that passage for a while. Um, you know, um, they were trying to stump him, you know, these religious elite leaders. Mm-hmm. And he came back with, you know, loving God, loving people. And that 
And that passage is dear to, to me uh, from a few angles. Number one, it's the motto of our church. So we've got it on our T-shirts, mm-hmm. loving God, loving people. Because uh, we won't be able to do everything well. But I think if we could do that well, if we can get really good at loving God and loving people, that seemed to be a pretty big deal to Jesus. And maybe maybe that would be that would be all right if we could just get really good yeah. at that. But um you know, I think there's a huge uh, misconception of who God is, especially, you know, in these unchurched parts of our country and really everywhere now. And I think that oftentimes is due to a misrepresentation of God, which brings us back to the fruits of the spirit. You know, if I can get better at uh, allowing the fruits of the spirit, God, the Holy Spirit to ooze out of me, I'm a more patient person, a more mm-hmm. loving person, a more forgiving person. Um, that's going to help people to see really who God is. And, mm-hmm. um, Anyway, that's going to make a bigger difference. But yeah, in a nutshell, it's kind of it's kind of where we're at and what we're working on right now as we that's get good. ready to go to soar. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. Hey, what disciple do you most uh, most relate with? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, you know, unfortunately, probably Peter in a lot of ways, you know, <laughs> sticking my foot in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I, did, I didn't want to assume that, but man, you've talked about falling on your face a lot. And uh, I know yeah. I know that's that's just a lot of times that's how we do it in ministry. It, it's uh, man, we, we have to fall on our face and learn the hard way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Peter, yeah. Peter did that a lot. Um, he did that a lot, which yeah. brings us all hope. Yeah, man, absolutely. Right. You know, those knucklehead disciples. Uh, turned out to be um, some spirit-filled heroes. Yeah, uh, world changers. That's right. Yeah, world changers. So, Brad, hey, thank you so much for joining us tonight uh, on this podcast. Uh, I appreciate you and uh, your ministry. Uh, look forward to seeing you at SOAR uh, this year. And, uh, man, if, if people want to know more about your church, uh, the Summit Church, uh, they want to learn more about just the ministry that you have going on up there outside of, of Seattle. Um, where would they go? Yeah, so summitlivenow.com is our website. And I was just told yesterday that it's down. So we're trying to figure out what's going on with that. But uh, we're also on Facebook Live on Sundays. Uh, the COVID thing kind of forced us uh, to, uh, you know, redo some things and look at some things a little differently. So we went to Facebook Live, and that was probably a good thing for us. Um just to get out there and get a little bit more exposure for those who aren't going to come into the doors of mm-hmm. our church, but who might listen online. So yeah, check us out on Sundays, facebooklive.com. I think it's slash summit live now. Um, and when I get my website up, you can check us out there. So awesome. Um, awesome. But yeah, we're looking forward to it, man. We're so excited about SOAR. Some of the best memories I have in ministry happened at SOAR. And this will be the first time that my daughters have ever mm. gone to SOAR. And we're really excited about them getting that yeah. full experience. And in fact, my nephews are coming too. So That's awesome. uh, we're, we're pumped, man. We're Very pumped. cool. Very cool. Awesome. Well, hey, if you guys have not signed up for SOAR yet, um, it's not too late. And so maybe maybe you're still on the fence. Maybe you just heard about it. Uh, but it is happening July 6th through the 8th in Dallas, Texas. You can go to soarconference.com, and you can still register your group there, uh, book hotel rooms, do all of that thing. If you do book now, the only downside is you won't get a conference T-shirt. But we will have conference T-shirts on sale uh, on site there. So if you really wanted a T-shirt, you can still do that. It's going to be a great time. Uh, together and I'm looking forward to it. Hey, just a quick word too. I failed to do this earlier. This podcast is 
uh, brought to you by Central Baptist College in Conway. They have graciously sponsored us, and CBC is a great four-year institution where you can uh, further your education. Uh, if you are called to ministry, then I highly encourage you to check out cbc.edu and look at their Bible department, call and talk to some of their professors, um, see what uh, is going on there. If you are uh, older, uh, not old, but older and not necessarily in that college age, that check out their PACE department. They have a great program where you can uh, do your degree at your own pace. And so you can find all that stuff at cbc.edu, but we are thankful for Central Baptist College and for their partnership with uh, Student Ministry Matters podcast. Guys, mm -hmm. thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for being with us. Uh, I hope that you'll go check out Brad. I hope you'll pray for Brad uh, and yeah. for all of those who'll be coming to SOAR uh, in the next three weeks. Pray that the Lord would uh, illuminate his word and and that, that he would make uh, his presence known uh, that people would be aware of his presence and and that teenagers' lives would be changed, uh, that they would see and know uh, who God is and that they would uh, respond in uh, total faith uh, to live for him. And so, guys, y'all hang in there. I hope things are going well for you. Remember, as Dan always says, student ministry matters and you have been called to a task. And so I want to encourage you to continue to fall on your face before the Lord. And then from the overflow, like Brad has said, man, live out in a radical way in the community that God has placed you. You guys have a great week. We love you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.